This episode is all about hitchhikers and everything, but I will let you guys know we have a trigger warning for the full episode just because a majority of our stories have hints and aspects of rape, murder, sexual harassment, things like that. So just be weary, and we will have a trigger warning uh, in front of every story that has it, and the ones that don't have a trigger warning have nothing of that nature in it. Gals and ghouls to another episode of Twisted Manor. My name is Shimas Rocky. I am your host, and with me, my co-ghost Emily. <laughs> Stop pausing for my name. No, it adds the atmosphere. I never know if I'm supposed to say my name. Well, I'm shy, and that's Emily. Now you do it. I'm shy, and that's Emily. Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm Jane. No, 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 no. I'm Jane. Yeah, see that? <laughs> Same vibe. <laughs> Everything has been hectic uh, with this move, but one update, just so you guys are aware of our timeline, we just got approved for our apartment, so we'll be moving uh, around mid-March, and that's about it. So we're going to try our best to plan around that time so that we don't miss an episode or a week, um, but just bear with us as we try to figure out uh, the stages of this because eventually we're going to have to pack up the gear and then more than likely we will miss an episode just because we will be homeless for about a week and a half. We can always try and find other ways to record so we will do our best to make sure that that doesn't happen. So for this episode Emily was in charge of theming uh, what we're going to be talking about. So you want to tell them? The theme is hitchhikers. Horror stories. Nice. I think hitchhikers is an interesting topic just because there's so many, like, you would expect it to be very sketchy, you know? And the ones that we've found obviously are. That's why we picked them. But more than not, I found a lot of hitchhiker stories of just people that are drug addicts and <laughs> people are just fucking weird. I, I personally don't think I would ever pick up someone. I always get, like, I'm torn between it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, you see homeless people, and, like, part of you is like, oh, my gosh, that's so sad. I wish I could help. Right. And then part of you is like, don't go near them, dirty bums. Well, like, that, like, stigma. it's not the fact about they're dirty or anything. It's the fact that they are most likely hopped, hopped up on yeah, drugs or really something. they're really unpredictable. And so, so the, that's there's what, a yeah. reason that you're on the side of the road, you know? Like, hmm. it, I mean, it could be a number of reasons. Like, your car broke down, but more often than not... They're not carrying anything, and they are homeless or something. 
So they're in a predicament where they don't have transportation because they don't have a job or they don't want to. I don't think any of my stories are like that. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like there's just that stigma. And I'd be terrified to pick up someone I've never met. Um, But I would do what I can to help them. (laughs) I probably would do it if there was like, if I wasn't alone in the car and if I had like a weapon. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, here's, I guess this is the ultimate question. If you end up picking someone up and there's only one friend in the car with you, would you put the hitchhiker in the back seat or in the front seat? I'd put him in the back seat behind the passenger so I can position the rear view so that I can look at them super easy. Okay, smart. Watch their every move. But then also, they're not... Like, if they're right behind me, then I can't see them. But right. if they're up front, I'm scared they're going to, like, grab the wheel or something. <laughs> yeah. Or stab your leg. <laughs> yeah. Or offer you coke. <laughs> and, like, same, honestly, if I ever if I ever had to hitchhike, I'd probably sit farthest away from the driver. Yeah. In case you got to jump, tuck, and roll. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. I would hate to hitchhike because... You can't trust anybody, especially out here in yeah. Utah. No one drives right. <laughs> you could die just from asking for help. Well, I think this is a good time to start our story. So, how many do you have? Cuatro. Four. Nice. I have three. So, looks like you're going first again. Uh-oh. Uh, I would like to issue a round of applause from our audience. Since oh, sorry. said from our audience. Oh. Not to our audience. Come on. Standing ovation. Yeah. If you're in your car, just park, (laughs) stand out in the middle of the road and start clapping. It's because Emily titled her stories this time. I did. She's doing better. I I like the titles. After all the pressure from that last episode, I'm sure she just didn't want to sit here in front of the camera and do it again. I'm getting better. Yes, you are. My Adderall hasn't worn off yet. I'm just kidding. It fucking did. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's your first story? Okay. A hands-on driver. Before we go on to this first story, I want to have a little trigger warning of sexual harassment. So if you guys are uncomfortable with that, just skip forward a couple of minutes. You grabbing your lap? Hmm? Grabbing your lap? My lap? Yeah, he's like hands on driver. Like, your hands are cold. What? You're wearing pants. I can feel them through the pants. Your hands are cold. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I haven't had the warm embrace of another person in so long. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay. Okay. The story took place two years ago. I was on my second week backpacking through Austria, and I reached a point where I was too exhausted to walk any longer. It was an unusually hot day. I had blisters all over my feet, and I was ready to call it quits. I was in the middle of nowhere and decided to thumb a lift to the nearest train station. But... I was out of luck. I stood there for what felt like hours, and no car would pick me up. I didn't blame them. I spent two weeks sleeping in the woods, my clothes were dirty, and I probably looked like a maniac. When finally a truck pulled up, I didn't hesitate to hop inside because I was so thankful to be able to sit down and rest my feet for a while. I asked the driver if he could drop me off at the nearest station so that I could catch a train to Vienna, but he told me that he was heading back there anyway and that he could take me there as long as I didn't mind him making a stop over to load the truck. I said I didn't, and so we drove along. We made some small talk, and he seemed to be very polite. 
It was a pretty enjoyable ride until we reached the first stop. He loaded his truck while I walked around a bit and bought some water at a gas station nearby. He had offered me drinks a few times along the ride, but I always declined because I didn't feel comfortable with that. I got back into the truck and we continued the drive to Vienna. Almost immediately after we took off, he told me that it wouldn't be a problem for him if I wanted to take some clothes off since it had been such a hot day. I told him that I was fine, but he brought it up a couple more times. He also asked me if I wanted to take a nap in the back seat and that he had several hitchhikers sleeping there in the past. I declined again and started to feel a little uneasy around him and planned to leave at the next truck stop. All of a sudden, he nearly yelled at me to put my head down and hide because he was driving past his stepfather's car and didn't want him to see me in the truck. That struck me as odd, but I did it anyway because his yelling took me by surprise. That confirmed my resolution to get out of there as soon as possible and I asked him to drop me off at the next stop and made up an excuse that it was my goal to enter Vienna by foot and that I was rested enough to make it. I agree. He agreed. He agreed and I got my stuff ready. He suddenly turned to me and said that I looked familiar and that he was sure he saw me somewhere before. I shrugged it off, but he insisted he remembered my face. He asked me if I ever went to a swingers club because he was sure that he saw me there sometime. That caught me off guard and I told him that it was impossible because I'd never been to one. Well, do you want to? I'm going to one in Vienna. Let's go to let's go there together. I'm sure you'll like it. At this point, I really wanted to get off that truck and told him that I had no intention to come with him and asked him to drop me off now. He didn't answer, but reached into his pants and started masturbating while he drove along. What the fuck? I froze up, clutching my backpack in my lap and didn't know what to do. I kept thinking that I'd jump off as soon as he stopped somewhere and tried to ignore what he was doing there since since he didn't respond to my plea to let me out. Gas station was coming up. And he stopped what he was doing and asked if we could take a shower together. I figured that there'd be people around and that it would make it easier to get rid of him. So I said, sure, why not? He pulled up and as soon as he stopped, I yanked open the door and ran across the parking area of the gas station, hoping that he wouldn't come after me. He didn't, so I just kept running until the gas station was out of sight and I reached a busy street. Only after my heart stopped racing and I caught my breath, I realized that I left my shoes in his truck. I walked the last few kilometers barefoot and kept a lookout for the truck until I reached Vienna. (sighs) What the fuck, I guess. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. People are disgusting, and that is number one reason why I, like, would never want to get in someone's car. It's so weird. (laughs) Also, may I just add that this guy is just jacking off in his car, and what, he's just gonna come all over the steering wheel and just be like, alright, let's uh, get to Vienna now. Well, it's in his pants, but, like, just, that, like, that was, like, acceptable to him. I mean, like, I guess, like, if you're really into it, like, there's no harm in asking someone if he wants to come to a swingers club with you. Right. But after he denies, then you think it's, like, socially right. okay to just reach into your pants the rest of the drive? Yeah. Wild. Also, how's that comfortable? Mm, Homie's crazy. How far has he got his seat back? <laughs> well, he's driving, so pro- hopefully not far. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a laid. I don't know. I just hate human beings sometimes. Ugh, freaks me out. Yeah. We'll get on with my first story. 
This is the story, no help needed. It's December 2009. I'm about to deploy and I have to drive my car across the country to drop it off with my brothers to look after. I picked up a guy somewhere on I-90, not sure where. The states kind of blend together when you have to drive over a thousand miles a day. He smelled like old wet laundry, but he didn't try to talk, which made it a little bit more bearable. I drove for a few hours and dropped him off at a truck that a truck stop that he requested right along the highway, so it's whatever. I lose maybe 10 minutes total. Then I bought some gas and snacks and got back on the road. I had a full tank and continued driving non-stop, passing lane the whole way, until I was almost out and had to stop for more fuel. As I enter this gas station, I see a familiar figure in his in this food court area, and I can't believe my eyes. It's him. Like miles ahead of where he just dropped him off? It's the hitchhiker. He looked over his shoulder at me and smiled like he knew what was going through my mind, and then went back to eating without saying a word. I was freaked out for days. Not only was the coincidence uncanny, but how the fuck did he beat me there? That's so weird. Underground tunnels. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. The literal underground railroad. He took a train. You just fucking teleported. Under the city. That's weird. (laughs) The most useless hitchhiker. You just teleport wherever. He's like, eh, I just like the conversation Uh, that he didn't have. uh, He was quiet. (laughs) I wonder, like, I wonder if... He didn't say it, but I wonder, like, if he had taken note of his clothes or anything, if he was wearing anything different, or if he, like, Mm. was wearing, like, the same stuff. Same wet laundry. Yeah. (laughs) Like, then maybe I'd be more inclined to think that it's a teleporter versus, like, a twin. Well, that was was a weird thing, is that someone, like, commented under that post, and they're like... Maybe it was his twin brother, and they're like, there's so many stigmas about twins being evil that maybe they wanted to drive separately. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to say no. (laughs) I don't think that's what happened. (laughs) These guys are like, yo, you know how people think about twins. We got to fucking meet up somewhere. (laughs) Whack. Also, like, the guy turned around and was like, hey, what's up? Like, it's clearly the same guy. Yeah, like, he recognized him. But then I was thinking, I was like, the twins have that, like telepathic thing. <laughs> I just think it's so weird. <laughs> I would hate to be a twin. If I had really? anyone... Yeah, straight up, like... That'd be so much fun. If I had a twin, and they, like, I didn't win in the womb, I would win in this life. I'd die. Win in I'd, the womb? I'd kill them. Like, you know, like a lot of twins, like, get absorbed. Yeah. Well. I'd kill my twin. <laughs> this one is called The Exhaust Pipe. Want to give a trigger warning to any listeners out there that this next story contains some verbal sexual harassment. I'm from a little village in Ireland with a population of only a few hundred. The nearest town is about 10 miles away. And one thing we like to do during these summers was to go to town and look around at the shops. The easiest way to get to town was to hitchhike because there was no buses. My friend Mary and I used to hitch once a week during the summer. We would go to town with a population of a few thousand and look around the shops, eat ice cream, and hang out. When we got a ride, we had to make small talk with the driver, and as two shy 15-year-olds, this bit sucked the most. So to make it fair, we took turns sitting in the front. To make it fair, we took turns who sat in the front and did most of the talking. 
One day, we spent a few hours in town. It was pretty uneventful, so we decided to thumb back. Around 3 p.m., we went to the usual spot to hitch from, just on the outskirts of town. We were only waiting about five minutes when a white car pulled up. Before we could ask where he was going, he asked us first. My friend told him, and he said he was passing through our village on the way to another one. It was my turn to sit in the front. The driver introduced himself as John, and he was super friendly. About halfway between town and our home village, he asked if we heard a noise. No, we replied. There it is again. Sounds like a banging noise, he said. I didn't hear anything, so I just sat there quietly. I think it might be the exhaust pipe, he said. I'll have to pull in and have a look. He pulled up on a busy road and went out to take a look. I didn't hear anything, said Mary. He seems like a weirdo, I said. Call it intuition, but even though he was super friendly and chatty, I got a bad feeling from him. Next, he comes back to the driver's side and tells us that the exhaust is hanging down and was hitting the road. He needs us to help him tie it up. It was then that I noticed he had only a string holding up his pants instead of a belt. Anyway, he got some string from his boot and we went to the car. Although I had a bad vibe from him, I didn't feel scared at this stage because we were on a busy road and it was still early in the afternoon. He showed us the exhaust pipe hanging down and he used a rag to hold it up because it was hot. Mary took over holding it up while he secured it with string. They were both kneeling while I just stood back and watched. It was then I noticed his fly was open and I could see in everything. He was clearly not wearing any underwear and he didn't even have a belt on, so I guess I wasn't surprised. I just stood there in shock. Mary hadn't noticed at this stage and just continued to hold the pipe. When John was standing up, he noticed his fly was open and he acted shocked. Oh girls, I'm so sorry and embarrassed. I only have a safety pin holding the fly together and it must have come off. Please forgive me. Mary was stunned because she got a close up, which left me to do the talking. I told him I was, I told him it was okay and that it was an accident. So we got in the car. He fastened the safety pin, even though I didn't see him look for it. Back in the car, the atmosphere was very different. We both felt mortified, and he kept apologizing over and over. I looked out the passenger window and repeated, It's okay. It's okay. Then he said something that turned my stomach. Well, girls, you're taking it very well. If I didn't know any better, I'd swear you liked it. Then he nudged me with his arm, like you would do to a friend. I looked at him through the corner of my eyes, my body still facing the window. When I noticed his fly was undone and he was exposed again, he must have noticed me looking because he said, oh sorry, that safety pin keeps opening, just don't look. Fine by me, I thought, and I said okay and continued to look out the window. He kept nudging me and saying, don't be looking, don't be looking, giggling at the same time. He was doing it in a playful way, like it was all a joke. He asked us if it was the first Willie we had seen and told me once again to stop looking. I was facing the passenger window so much that I had my back to him. There's no way I could be looking. I lost my temper and shouted at the top of my voice, I'm not fucking looking! Silence followed. He said sorry, he was only joking, and I didn't need to be so serious. I said nothing. I should have told him to let us out or cover up, but I was in shock. We finally arrived at our little village. We got out and he said again that he was sorry about the whole thing. Thanks for the lift was all we could say, but what he said back sickened me. 
he looked me up and down with this creepy smile and said, Girlies, thanks for everything, and drove off. We were left speechless. We sat on a bench nearby to process all this before going home. We made a deal that we wouldn't tell our parents, or they'd never let us hitchhike again. About five minutes after sitting down, John comes driving back the direction that he just came from, waving and smiling. We sat, stunned. So much for passing through our village. A few months later, the ordeal went to the back of my mind. Occasionally, we would talk about it and make jokes. But one day, I told a friend of mine, and she said that a cousin of hers had told her a very similar story. The cousin lived in another village about 20 miles the other direction from town. She was a few years older than us. While hitchhiking home one day, the same thing happened to her and her friend. The exhaust, the safety pin, the undone fly. It was no accident. My worst fears were confirmed. Gross. Beyond gross. They're just like, they're children. <laughs> yeah. And like, read a fucking room. Like, yeah. gross. That's like all I can say. I know. I'm just That's like, what I was going to say. I'm just, just like disgusted. Like, I don't even know what I'd do in that situation. I wish I had like a fly swatter. I was just like, be like, ooh, you got something. Smack it. Uh, no, you <laughs> want, you want that like tennis racket one that like sends electric shocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I think the thing that amazes me the most is the fact that like he does this on repeat. Yeah. Like, does he expect it to go differently every time? I, yeah. Like, I don't, like, like, we were talking about, like, those guys jacking off to weird things, and it's mm. like, it's like, do you expect it to, like, lead to something? Right. Or do you just get off by, like, making girls, like, really uncomfortable? uncomfortable and, yeah. Like, it's like, not even like a, it's not even like a sexually pleasing scenario, it's just weird. Right. And, like, I can understand, like, physical attraction, you know? So, I don't know. You meet a girl and you're like, wow, she's pretty. I can also understand people are like, wow, like, she's just my type and she's sexually attractive. But five minutes into knowing them, you're not just going to start, like, jacking off in the car or, like, just undo your fly. Like, none of that is normal. No, it's not. Like, that's, like, some psychiatrist shit. Like, you need to go get checked out. If you think that's normal, for sure, you need to go see somebody. They need to be locked up. That's what they need. That too. Okay. My second story. Okay. I am... I'm ready. This is titled, Imposter. Okay, this story actually does have a hint, like just a mention of rape and murder, but it is... uh, not explained at all. It doesn't happen. Just mentioned. So this was told to me by an old family friend, Nikki, numerous times as a kid growing up as one of those life advice stories to keep in mind through the years. And to her credit, I have never forgotten it. Whenever anything associated with hitchhiking comes up, it always springs to mind and probably always will. Makes me a bit ill whenever I think about it, actually. So Nikki, who grew up at the same time as my dad, so this was about early 80s, I believe, was a young woman in her mid-twenties. She's one of those real kind-hearted souls, always willing to help another out in a time of need, you know? And I can't imagine her being anything other than when she was younger, so I totally see her doing this too. 
So driving into the city, about a two-hour or so drive out from town, she saw a man walking down the side of the road. As she neared, he turned and, in typical hitchhiker manner, stuck out the old arm and thumb. Nikki, bless her heart, pulled over and asked him if he needed help. She told me that he was really polite, if not a bit shy, when he asked for a lift into the city. Nikki gave a smile and popped open the passenger door for the guy, who tossed his bag into the back seat and buckled up for the ride ahead. They talked pleasantly for most of the trip, about friends, the news, etc., you know, happy small talk. She felt that they were getting on really well, and even bought him dinner at the pit stop a little over halfway there. She says he seemed really flustered and awkward when she paid, but one of the things they had talked about was money and how he was pretty dang strapped for cash. Which was why he was hitchhiking in the first place, but he eventually relented and they went on their way. As soon as they got into the city, he thanked her profusely for the ride and the food and asked to be dropped off once they hit downtown. Before getting out, he asked for Nikki's phone number so he could contact her someday and catch up. Thrilled at the prospect of knowing how her new friend was faring, Nikki wrote it down for him and drove off with a warm feeling of a good deed done. Now, I'm sorry if you were expecting something creepy to happen by now, but I think this is what freaked me out so much as a kid. How nice everything seemed to have worked out. Nikki gets this crease in her forehead and a funny look in her eye when she tells me this next part. About a week later, she got a phone call from her driving buddy. He didn't let her get a word in edgewise after hello, and he told her she should thank God that she was raised so nice, because when he first got in the car, he was planning on raping and murdering her once they got to that pit stop. That he was going to steal that car, dump her body in a ditch further down the road, and go on his merry way. But after she talked with him so kindly, and treated him to dinner with a smile on her face, he couldn't bring himself to do it. He didn't think that he could live with himself after doing that to such a nice lady. And to please, please, Nikki, please, never, ever pick up another hitchhiker. Then he hung up the phone. Nikki never got a call from him again. When she tried redialing the phone number, she got a payphone. And so, Mr. Hitchhiker, I know I'm never going to meet you, because I'm going to listen to the advice you gave your driving buddy and never, ever pick up a hitchhiker. Why? <laughs> like, like, why is that, like, your intention to go in a car with someone, like... Because you're mentally ill? Yeah, absolutely. That's not, like, a normal thing. But then, like, why tell her about it later? Because he's like, I couldn't do it because you're such a nice lady and I really like you. So I don't want anything bad to happen to you. So, like, don't do it again. He could have just called and said, like, like, don't hitchhike. Like, I know some, like, bad people and, like, bad things. And, like, I know what you did for me was really nice, but don't do it. Well, again, he's mentally ill. He doesn't care. Why, why would he spare her the details? If anything... Give her the details and scare her into never doing it again. Then just be like, please don't, and then hang up. No, <sighs> I know. Freaky. Super disturbing. Uh. The fact that a rapist murderer was in your car, you didn't know until after the fact. It's that thing. Like last episode, I said, you know, you're like talking to a ghost, but you don't realize until after they're gone. Mm. It's like, you have no idea. And that's probably worse. Mm-hmm. Well... Yeah. I don't know. It's not worse, but it does it give is. you goosebumps, like unlike anything else. Because what would be worse if is if he carried it out, you know? Yeah. But ugh. that's so freaking. I guess weird. you know maybe we should retitle this episode like 
sick in the head people. <laughs> Just like fucking weirdos. Need to be put in a hole, people. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a mole. Yeah. The <laughs> island full of people, of prisoners. I yeah. think we should conduct these, that immediately. These people would get all their own island. It'd be car fuckers. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Car, fucker car fucker island. island. <laughs> Man, this is a... This is a dark, dark episode. Dark day. I mean, I thought that one about the hole in the earth was pretty dark, but this is just whole new level. Okay, this one has a bit more lighthearted title. Oh, thank God. This one is Miracle on Ice. This didn't happen to me, but I was involved. And the victim was actually my girlfriend. Her name was Katie. And she and I would hang out in my dorm together between classes and even on evenings and weekends. It was a Friday night and both of us being pretty introverted decided not to do anything crazy so we planned to spend the night in my room. She wanted some time to go home after classes and assured me that she'd be back around 8. Katie had a car but she didn't like driving so that Friday night she detached she decided to take the bus. She's a small girl, definitely didn't look like a college-aged student. Short, thin, and quiet, standing alone at a bus stop in the dark was probably not ideal, but she preferred that over taking her own car. She waited for the bus when a van drove past her. Then again, then again, then again. She was a bit suspicious, but told herself that he was probably just lost. The van then pulled over right in front of the stop, and the driver rolled his window down. Cold out here, isn't it? He asked. The bus is always late. Hop in and I'll give you a ride. Katie declined and took a few steps back, showing him that she wasn't interested in anything. He asked again if she was absolutely sure that she didn't want a ride, and he drove away after she turned him down again. The bus arrived only moments later, and she was relieved to step in. But to her horror, she noticed the same van right behind the bus. The van followed the bus, and Katie texted me to explain the situation. I could tell that she was panicked, but it wasn't uncommon for her. So we talked on the phone to calm her nerves, until she felt safe enough to hang up and walk the short distance to the college. When she arrived At my dorm room, she was hysterical. It took me over an hour to comfort her enough to get the story out of her, and this is what she told me. The van had stopped following the bus after getting stuck at a red light, giving the bus a chance to get ahead. However, after getting off at her stop, the van sped up to her. He was driving like a maniac at this point, easily going 20 miles over the speed limit. The bus had already pulled away when the van stopped right next to her. It had pulled right over where she intended to go to get into the college, so in a panic she bolted the other way, and the driver got out and raced after her. When she turned her head to look behind her, she noticed he was holding a large butcher knife and waving it in front of him. She did a wide turn to get back on track to the college. The man followed close behind. Lucky for her, he lost his footing on an icy patch and... His fell delayed him enough for her to get far ahead. When he got back up, he didn't chase after her again, but instead yelled out, I will find you, 
and I will get you. Since then, she's always taken her own car. Um, I guess my first reaction is like, thank God that he fell. Um, fucking dessert. I wish he yeah. would have like, ah, and the knife just, whoosh, like yeah. a fucking movie. I don't know why she refuses to take her own car. That's such a weird thing. Like, why even have one at that point? Yeah. I don't but know. I just think that's probably the scariest story you've told so far just because like everyone so far has been like yeah let me get in your car why don't you come in my car Mm -hmm. but she didn't ask for anything like she's just at a bus stop just minding her own business and this guy's like she's pretty I'm gonna be a fucking maniac chase her with a knife like yeah didn't even ask for it like none of that situation insinuated like that any of this was her fault in the slightest you know yeah. When you say, yeah, I'll get in your car, you are taking the risk that something could happen, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying anyone deserves that. People just need help sometimes. But you're always taking that risk when you say yes. And mm-hmm. this time there was no consent to anything. Just, hey, I just need a bus ride and you can leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. That's really scary. Although the part about her, like, taking her own car... I mean, it could have been not that much different. I mean, she still has to walk to her car, and she has to park somewhere to get out before she can walk into the college. Yeah, so, but at the same time, he spotted her at the bus stop. Yeah, And of then course. circled around. So, anything can happen at any moment, you know. I can't tell you how many times, like, I've taken, like, wrong turns to places because I feel like someone's following me. Mm-hmm. It's never happened yet. Like, no one has been. But it freaks me out. Okay. My last story for the show. Okay. Okay. This last one is titled Innocence. I want to give a trigger warning for this next story. There is a mention of rape at the very end, so just be weary of that. My father has always been especially sensitive to paranormal events. Although he would never say he fully believes in ghosts, after what he's seen, it would be impossible not to think they might actually exist. This is one of the ghost stories that especially scared me when I was younger. Even now, I love to listen to him tell it, and I'll do my best to to tell it the way he does. From this point on, it'll be first person from his point of view. When I was about 26, I had a job that was about 30 minute drive from downtown, where I lived in my apartment. It was a beautiful drive with winding roads through a wooded area, It went past old houses and farms. It was green, lush, and picturesque. There was also a very old cemetery, huge, that I drove past. It took a good two minutes going about 50 miles an hour to get through the whole thing. It was ancient and actually pretty interesting, but I never paid much attention to it. Normally, I would get off of work about 5 and be home between 5.30 and 6. One night, though, I stayed late because it was one of of my co-workers' birthdays. It was about 9 o'clock when I left the office and I started my drive home. When I turned to the bend that brought me past the border of the cemetery, I could see someone standing by the side of the road up ahead. Normally, I wasn't one to pick up strangers in the dead of night out in the middle of nowhere, but there was something, some voice, inside my head compelling me to stop. So I did. As I got closer, I can make out that the person standing there was a young girl, maybe 12 or 13. She was beautiful, and looked very sad as I pulled over and rolled down the window. The girl was wearing a white dress. It looked old, probably from the early 1900s. Her hair was dark, not not quite black, and had been pulled back, although it was falling out and a few strands fell in front of her face. Her skin was pale, and her eyes were dark overall, giving her a very haunted look. 
I asked if I could help her, and what happened next is slightly fuzzy. I don't remember her crossing in front of the car or her opening the door, but suddenly she was in the passenger side, sitting next to me. I started driving, asking her questions. What was her name? What had happened to her? Did she need help? Where did she live? All the while, she looked out the window and said nothing. I kept asking her questions. As I neared the other border of the cemetery, and as I passed the final tombstone, I looked over to find myself alone in the car. I only told my parents about what had happened, and sometime later, they sent me an older magazine with the 10 most haunted spots in my state. That cemetery just happened to be number 3, with countless stories of the young vanishing hitchhiker. There was even a photo of the girl, along with her birth and death date. She had killed herself tragically upon discovering she was pregnant after being raped. I don't really know what to think about it, but I never drove home that late again. That's just, like, really sad. Yeah. That's, like, not even scary. Like, I don't even know, like, what I would do if I pulled over to see if someone needed help, and it was, like, a child. Yeah, 12 or 13. That's, like, like, why are you alone out here? That's so scary. Yeah. <sighs> Heebie-jeebies. You have one last story? Yeah. Want to put a trigger warning on this last on this last story? There is a mention of rape. This one's called Hide and Seek. I used to drive I-80 between San Francisco and Cheyenne, Wyoming. It's about 16 to 20 hours of driving depending on weather and traffic or whatever. One night when I was driving that route, Someone was on the side of the road with their thumb out. I decided that this time I could stop and pick someone up and hopefully make some small talk that would keep me awake. But he decided to sleep in the passenger seat anyway. A while after driving, the car starts making this odd grinding noise. Like I ran over something that got stuck. It's about 2am. I pull into a rest stop and wake up the hitchhiker who was sleeping. I explain to him the noise that I heard. So we both get out of the car, but we hear what sounds like a kid crying. There are no other cars at the rest stop, but we frequently heard stories about child trafficking and kidnapping nearby, so we decided to check it out. We grab our flashlights and head toward the noise, and it's coming from the bathrooms. As we get closer, we realize it's coming from the women's bathroom, and it's a low, dull sobbing. We're prepared for the worst. We walk in, expecting to see some brutally beaten or raped eight-year-old or something, and we see nothing. The sound is still there, and it's still clearly coming from the room, but the room is empty. We turn on all the lights, still nothing. We check every stall, every trash can, and under the sinks, and there's no one there. Is it a hidden speaker? Are we on a candid camera? Where the hell is that noise coming from? My buddy climbs up on one of the stalls to get to the top window in the rest stop, which is vented out and open. He closes it, and the noise stops. Completely. He opens it again, and there's no more noise. We sit there for a few seconds, staring at each other. He shrugs. Then the window slams shut. We were out of that bathroom in seconds. The noise starts up about ten seconds after after we get to the car and we're tearing out of the parking lot within 10 more the grinding noise is still there so this time I pull over a few miles later 
at a truck stop, well lit, sometimes occupied. A couple of truckers there, but not much else. We check under the car. There's a red and silver piece of metal wedged between a part of our car and the road. We couldn't remove it by hand because it was really wedged in there. So we kicked at it to bend it and figured we would remove it when we got back. A week later, I had my mechanic take it out while he was doing a service. He told us that it was a part of a kid's tricycle. The red area on the back where somebody could stand. They hit someone? No. I don't think so. It makes it out to be like it's a ghost. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they did hit someone. (laughs) That's really (laughs) creepy and really sad. Yeah. That's why I was like, I was super worried at where that story was going. Because I was like, oh my gosh, there's a child in the bathroom. But then it was just kind of spooky. Yeah. Man, this episode really gave me the chills. And now you know why I hate people. (laughs) So from now on, we're going to hitch like a a motorcycle sidecar to the side of our car. And that's what the hitchhiker can ride in. Or the trailer. We could just hook up a trailer, no seats or anything in the back. They just bump around back there. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> then just like, that way like if they're a murderer, they're not like near us. And like, if they're like a drug addict and they're trying to like snort their crack, we'll just like swerve really bad in this way. They snorted it too hard. They snort so hard, they slam their face into the wall. They just walk out. Because they're so high. (laughs) 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 Be like a Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Or like they're walking until they notice. Ooh. (laughs) And then they they roll. (laughs) Just hit by a car. All right. Well, this episode has been pretty disturbing. We're going to have, again, a massive trigger warning in the comment section, like our summary. Just so you guys are aware of what this episode contains, it is pretty dark and screwed up. So for that... If you guys uh, did hear any of this and it disturbed you, I'm really sorry. Um, But we try to stay ahead of these trigger warnings so you guys can stay safe. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This episode was just really dark. It's freaky. If anything, it's secured my position of like never getting in the situation. If anything, it's made me more of an introvert. I promise to never speak to another human being. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys so much for listening uh to this episode we appreciate the support and we're just going to move on with our you know normal updates and things like that so if you guys want to submit any stories for our main course of the of the show you guys can email us at twistedmanner.sub at gmail.com you can also use that email for questions and concerns um don't forget to also submit shorter stories for bonus stories uh, at our Instagram at Twisted Manor, and it'll just be in the link in the description box. You just click on submit your stories here, and it'll take you there. Actually, before we end the show, I totally forgot I had a bonus story. Okay, so for this week's bonus story, it's it actually was not submitted. Uh, it's for me because I had some weird shit happen to me at work. <laughs> so this is an interesting tale because weird things happen to me, and then I found out others have experienced the same thing. So. Uh, at my work at Walgreens in our office, break room, all that stuff, we have multiple doors, but they all have a two-way mirror. 
uh, to so you can't look into the room, but you can look outside from the room. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Why not just make it a window? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they're like that. But uh, I was using the mirror so I could fix something in my headset because it was getting all tangled up in my mask. And so as I was doing that, I was, uh, well, some context. I've been taking the overnight shift the last three nights. Tonight will be my last night, thank God, because I hate that shift. But, you know, our overnight manager got COVID and they needed someone to cover, so I've been covering that. So it's just been me and one cashier, so we don't see each other at all. So I'm in the back room and everything in our store, aside from the main lights, like in the main floor, are motion sensor lights. So in the back, the hallway is dark, the office is dark, but I'm in the break room and I'm just fixing that thing in the mirror. And I heard like footsteps and weird noises coming from outside the room. And I kind of take a look around, I don't see anything. And then I could have sworn I heard some whispering in the office. But again, that can't be right because it's just me and the cashier and no one else. But I swear to you, I was just, you know, I went back to fixing my headset and I hear a little girl right next to me. Boo! I was out of there so fucking fast. I I go out of the room and I go to open the door for the main the main floor and I heard footsteps walking behind me. So I just, I ran out of there and that was my first strange encounter. And so at the store, like some weird things have happened before. And I, this is the weirdest thing, um, that I was getting dinner once, right? So I just open up the freezer so I can grab like a hot pocket or something. And we have these like strings that are attached to the back of the shelf and I can see that they're moving, but very deliberately. Not that they're swinging back and forth, but like someone's tugging on it. And so I video recorded it, and I showed you that recording. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that happened weeks ago. I was like, yeah, that's kind of weird. But I didn't really think too much about it. And so last night, I went to my shift, and we had uh, some truck coming in in the in like 5.30 a.m. So... Uh, we had some extra people come in so that they can help uh, the early morning shift, and we're in the stock room. The stock room is a big room with like lots of totes and bays and things, and then there's a hallway that goes the rest of the building where we have our trash, recycling compactors, more bays. So again, all these sections are motion sensors. So the stock room is lit, but the hallway is not, and there's two motion sensor lights down there because it's so long. So we're just talking and hanging out, waiting for the delivery driver to come in and, you know, give us our, our inventory. And we heard some something fall over in the hallway. And we stopped and we, like, cock our head down the hall. We didn't see anything. But I swear to God, we're like, what was that? And down the hallway, you can hear someone say, did you drop it? And all the lights turned on. There's no one down there. I swear to God, there's no one there. <sighs> I got the fucking chills. And this you is... all heard the same thing? Yeah. And there's like four of us in there. And so we freaked out and we just like... Nothing happened after that, but we're just like, what the hell? We were talking about it for like an hour. And then for the show, I'm getting ready for the show. And I'm like, I really want to find that video of the of the string flying around in the back of the freezer 
And I went to go look, and I can't find it anywhere. In your phone? Yeah. I can't find the video on my Snapchat, on my camera, on my photos, not in my trash. I cannot find the video. You're joking. Uh Uh-uh. I remember that video. Yeah, I know. I showed you. It wasn't that long ago. It was like a week or two ago. So, that was super creepy. If I find the footage by some miracle, I will post it. And I will, you know, say like episode 13 in the comments. But I cannot find it right now. I don't know where the hell it went. I went to like late October to the like beginning of my employment there and just scroll down all the way. I was like, maybe I recorded on Snapchat, which I don't think I did. But I went through my Snapchat memories, nothing. I looked through the trash, nothing. Mm. I have no idea where it went. That's so freaking weird. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys again for watching, and we'll see you guys in the next episode of Twisted Manor.